my God, it is Thursday. Can you believe it's Thursday? It's Thursday. Last week this time, I was a Marrakesh. <laughs> Last week this time, I was waking up in Marrakesh. It was a whole day in Marrakesh. So how y'all doing? Uh, I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. It's Thursday. Thursday in the Elm. And uh, it's another mad dash sprint of a weekend. You know, I, I keep saying I'm going to slow down because I got other things I got to be working on. And what am I doing? I'm going to the theater at 2 o'clock. <laughs> and then I'll have the rest of the day to, like, do whatever. And then uh, and Friday is uh, the symphony. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that's going to be such a, uh, a a wonderful evening. They've been building this uh the uh the Hagen Bonds uh Fisher um trilogy uh for the for for about a week or so the New Haven Sym Symphony Orchestra so uh get your tickets for that so that's Friday Saturday I'm going to be at Stanford with the Love 146 folks at their their red gala uh so I'll be there for that and then uh Oh God! Sunday is Mother's Day. I don't have any plans for that, so I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if my kids are gonna cook or do something or whatever. But whatever, that's Sunday. Monday um, is the Long Wharf Theater Gala, and we got Audra McDonald coming. And I know y'all seeing Audra all over the place. She's gonna be at Saratoga Springs. She's gonna be here, there, everywhere. But you could see her right here in New Haven. Monday at the Long War Theater Gala at Southern Connecticut State University Lyman Center, you know, the Lyman Performing Arts Center. So get your tickets and uh, these great tickets. So come and celebrate. Support Long War Theater. You know, we're trying to do a thing uh, and we could use your support. And, you know, because we need the support, we're bringing out the big guns and there are no bigger guns than Audra McDonald. I'm telling you. So get your tickets for that because I'm you're gonna be mad when you miss it. And she's getting it. She's, you know, she's nominated um, for an award. And you're gonna, you want to be able to say, you know what? I just saw her. <laughs> you want to be able to say that. I'm, I'm here to tell you. you. I never steer you wrong. And everybody's gonna be talking about how amazing it is. And you're gonna be like, oh my god, why didn't I listen to Babs and go get my ticket and see her? So here's your chance. I'm, I only got a few more days to talk about this and uh, I'm going to do my best because uh, I think you should, uh, you should, uh, you should uh, come. So she's headlining our, our, our gala. So come and hear this, you know, there, there are few talents on this planet that you, you should hurry, hurry, hurry to see. And she is absolutely uh, one of them, and uh, and I've been a fan of hers for oh forever and a day, from television to theater to music. Uh, I've been a huge fan, and to see her live in person in my town, I, I don't even know if you could get better than that. I, I just don't know. You know, I I don't I don't know how you can get better than that. So, uh. So come and see her. You don't want to miss her. Seriously. So she's uh 
She's uh she's got her 10th Tony Award nomination. And you know the Tonys are coming up. And you want to be able to, when you're watching those Tonys, and you will watch them, because we all watch them, you want to be like, oh, I just saw her in New Haven. I saw her up close and personal. You want to be able to say that. I'm just, I know how y'all do. So anyway, so that's Monday. And then, uh, ooh, there's so many things. So many things. Uh, oh, I think I got to, I think, I, I think, oh, I don't think I could go to, uh, oh, shoot. I have to be at the, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. I'd have made a date for somebody. Ooh, I can't on Monday. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the Long Wharf Theater Gala, Long Wharf Theater Gala. <laughs> I have to be there. <laughs> Ah. Anyway, so that's that. But today um, at 1015, I've got uh, Alistair Neal uh, and uh, uh, and uh, who, who do I have? Um, Quinn Mason. Quinn Mason has been uh, charged with uh, commission to write a piece, uh, a joyous trilogy for the concert on Friday. You know, Alistair Neal is the music director for the New Haven Symphony Orchestra and, and someone I like talking to very much. So they're going to be on at 1015. They're going to talk about this music, uh, these artists, and uh, and I'm delighted to uh, uh, have them back on to talk about this. So uh, I, I, I went, uh, I, I ran by Bloom, uh, for the Eugenia, uh, for the uh, for the for the Bloom event for Helen Eugenia Hagen, because she's part of the trilogy, and then I went uh, to Dixwell Congregational for the symphony's performance uh, at uh, uh, at the church, uh, and now I'm going to go to the concert on Friday, so that I can uh, just. Uh, here at all. So I've been following this, all of it, uh, because I, I just love, I love, love this music so much. And, you know, they're Black American composers, women, uh, composing at a time where it had to have been unbearable to try to do this work. Um, Helen Hagen, Florence Price, and Margaret Bonds. I'm sorry, I said Fisher. I didn't mean to say Fisher. I was looking at another thing, but Hagen, Price, and Bonds, um, and that's that's going to be incredible. So, um, so if you if you if you don't have anything else to do, and you probably don't, Friday should be a, a good night. It's a good date night too. Sit and listen to some music with somebody that you like. It's a wonderful opportunity to spend some quality time. Uh, and when will you ever get to hear? Black women composers of classical music ever, ever, ever. And the three of these women who have unique ties to New Haven on some levels uh, would be, uh, you know, just just being a part of history. So, so yeah, do that. And then and then get you some more music. Helen, uh, uh, Audrey McDonald's going to be here on Monday. Don't miss that. 
I'm telling you, don't, don't miss it because you'll, you'll just be sad. And I, I don't want you to be sad. <laughs> see, see Audrey McDonald, put on something, put on a fancy frock and just show up. It'll be great. It'll be a wonderful opportunity to, to, uh, to, you know, have a little glamour in your life. You know, you don't got to go to New York for this level of glamour. You can stay right here. So I'm delighted. So yeah, uh, what did I do yesterday? I, I don't think I was anywhere yesterday except, oh, I had to go get my hair done. So I got my hair done. I don't know why people insist on calling me uh, every morning at nine or somewhere around nine. Like, I'm at work just like you at work. So anyway, I went and got my hair color so you can see it's all deeply purple deeply purple because I got a whole weekend ahead of me of things I got to do and be at. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's a lot going on. And, you know, everybody's getting geared up for the arts and ideas. You know, that's always such a, a, a exciting time in the city. It makes the city come alive. And it's a whirlwind because you, you, you know, you spend your time trying to go to all the things. <laughs> at least I do. I try to go to all the things. I, Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, so we'll see what happens this year. Um, I don't know if I'll make all the things this year. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'll, wait, I'll get closer until it gets all frenzied. I'm like, oh, I got to be there. I got to do it. I got to, I got to, got to, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I'll get, I'll get hyper excited when it gets closer. And, and when the water, and when the water, when the weather gets decidedly warm, you know, night and day, you know, it's, it's, you know, these chilly mornings, ugh, I need it to be consistently, consistently warm. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for it to be consistently warm and uh, doing my best. So, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I had a great show yesterday with uh, Ife and Markeisha recapping some of Merrick, recapping some of Marrakesh. Uh, and and we, we talked a lot, a lot about what that experience was like and how much fun we had. And it, it honest to God, it was a lot of fun. I, I couldn't have asked for a better birthday. And the capstone was the birthday party. You know, we ate well, we dined well, we shopped well. People were, I mean, it was just wonderful. Everybody was, everybody was relaxed. And I mean, a few hiccups. You know, luggage not arriving on time, and uh, but that was, but you know, for the most part, you know, that was it. A little, some little travel, travel hiccups, uh, but other than that, uh, it was all, all cool in the game. You know, and we all arrived home. Happy birthday, Erica Bradley. I, I know Erica's not listening to me not one bit, but y'all know Erica Bradley, my sorrow, my friend, my travel agent. If you see her out there in these streets, wish her happy birthday because today is her birthday and uh, it's tourist season. So happy birthday, Erica. And uh, I'll catch up with you later and say it, say it to you personally. Uh, but she was the, uh, she was the ringleader of this trip and she did a, she did a fine job indeed. And she wrangled us well. <laughs> so I was quite grateful for that. I was quite grateful. So, so yeah, 
uh, that aside, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, and happy birthday to, to all the Tauruses. Markeisha got some good news. One of her uh, good girlfriends, I think Soros, uh, just delivered a baby. Um, and congratulations to Zion, who arrived wide-eyed and beautiful. Full Taurus, you know, I'm not ready to come kind of stuff. So congratulations to Zion. Happy birthday. Hey, Paul Bass. Good morning, Babs. How you doing? I'm good. How are you out here in these streets? I got a fun one for you this morning. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're in the back of um, of the Green Corner, you know, the store on Platt Street and Edgewood near Troop School. You mean, you mean the Black Corner? The Black Corner. <laughs> and so the father of one of the co-founders is A. Michael. And he's in the back of the store today because he's putting in a garden and play area for young people. Oh, nice. So let me just, I got to flip around so you can see him. Uh, good morning, Michael. He's like to say good morning to Babs. Okay. Hey, so Mr. Michael, what's, Michael. What's the word on the street today? Um, well, we're putting a garden in um, so the children can have something to harvest in, in August. In August. So what children do you mean? The ones that go to the school? Um, live in the yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly troop school children. They come in in droves. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, it was a thought of Michael and Kevin. And the idea was that, are you putting in beds for, like, not in the ground, but yeah, above ground yeah. beds? Yeah, we found so many rocks over there that we're going to put beds uh, to raise up. Uh, 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 Raised beds. Raise yeah. And where did you find the rocks? In the lot here? Well, there were so many rocks. Oh, I see the pave, the old pavement. Uh huh. Yeah, so you can't grow anything. Right, because you can't grow anything. The rocks, Babs, is saying. Yeah. So, Michael, I saw you have a painting and construction truck. Is that what you do for a living? That's what we do for a living. Yeah. And is it mostly painting? Is it mostly construction? Uh, painting, carpentry, um, 40 years in, in, in California. And you own the business? Yeah. That's awesome. And where is it based? Uh, yeah, even. So given that you're good with carpentry, I already see the wood here is in place. So this is your jam. This is what you yeah, do. This, this, yeah, and we're going um, to put a little carport here. Uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. How many raised beds? We're going to make two large. This is, this, 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 this is, uh, this is sort of a Sample, but it's also for someone else. Oh, so this you're gonna bring somewhere this else. I'm gonna bring somewhere else. I'm gonna make two large ones and set them over there. And by large, what do you mean, like 12 feet? Ah, two eight footers. Two eight foot long. Yeah, two eight footers. In, in the middle, we're gonna put a four footer. So all together, it'll be 16 feet. I'm, I'm a little bit right. so eight foot long, two two of them, right. and they're gonna go four feet wide. Uh, so then what's yeah, the thing in the middle, a third kind of, one? Yeah, so just to break up the eye. So there are three beds. Yeah. Two of them are eight by six, yeah. and one is four foot long one by... Yeah. And so where's the where does the soil come from, and what, what are you going to grow? Um, I think someone's going to donate the soil. One of the agencies... Um, 
camp before New Haven, our, 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 is kind of safe. I, I think they want us to bring a truck. Fill up the truck. Don't cross. Well, that's awesome. And then I guess the next part is going to be getting the kids involved. Is that your job or Michael Jr.'s? I don't think that'll be hard. Yeah? I don't think that'll be hard. I think they'll, I think they'll like it. What I mean is who's going to be the grown-up who um, organized it? Either Michael or Kay. Michael or Kay. You must be proud of them. I mean, your son and daughter-in-law have this wonderful corner they institution. They grew up around here, right? I hope they can now, how did they get you involved in this? Whose idea was this? Um, I give him carpentry advice. So when he needs something, he comes. Did he have the idea for the gardens? Um, it was either Michael or Kay. Gotcha. Yeah. So they knew they can call Dad. Michael, how long you say you've been doing this? 40 years. Where do you do most of your work? Ah, all over. Um, the Tri-State. You know, I mean, well, I used to be Tri-State, but... I'm 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 semi-retired now. I'm getting old. How old? Well, I'm old. How old are you older than me? <laughs> I'm old. I'm sixty-three. Um, I'm sixty-four. All right, we're the same. We're old. Yeah. So let me ask you what kind of jobs you've worked on. Like what did you do last week or last year? Something uh, you can point to. We used to do big jobs, but now I'm doing more or less residential. A lot of little ladies who have been calling me for years and years, so they really don't want anybody else. They so, trust you. Yeah. So I, um, that's why I, I'm still semi-retired because a lot of customers are still counting on me to come when they call for certain things. And what kind of things do you build for them? Countertops, um, uh, walls? We actually do kitchens, bathrooms. Um, small renovations, um, porches. Is there something you're proudest of when you think back on, or one of the things you're proud that you worked on? I try to take pride in that. So, so a countertop could be the same as a wall, the same as a building, the same as a um, kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all of it has to be uh, a one and do you have any lessons you give the younger people about how to be successful at this? How'd you learn it? Um, back in the back in the the unions used to have a training. Um, now some unions have it, some of them don't. But the unions used to, when I was younger, have a training. A carpenter? Yes. Carpenter. The painters had their own training. The carpenters had their own training. Um, so that's where I got started. You went with carpenters union training? I went. I actually started with the painters union training. And did you become a union member? And did you at some point break off on your own? Yes. And when was that? 40 years, you said? I, I guess I broke off about 35 years ago. That must have taken some courage, right? When you're working for somebody else, you know the work's there. Yeah, but uh, I got a lot of work. Yeah, I know. Well, congrats, Abe. Perhaps you have any questions for Michael? Do you have any tips for uh, you know, all of us who are do-it-yourself people? What do you uh, suggest? Uh, yeah, what do you tell DIY? Uh, a lot of Google. A lot of Google. You know, they'll they'll walk you through it. A lot of Google. Google and YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, Babs, why should we let Michael get back to work here? Thank you, Michael. And uh, listen, well, leave, your, Mike, Michael leave your number Paul. with Paul. I might need you. <laughs> okay, I'll get you the number. I need you. Even though he's semi-retired, I have feelings to call back. Yeah, you, you, you can always get it out of the store or off my car. Off my car. As Michael and Paul sign off for Love Babs Love Talk at WNHH, New Haven's home. It's so New Haven has so many artisans, so many craftsmen, and uh, it's so good to know. Like I've learned about so many craftsmen just by doing word on the street. Uh, that I'm compiling a little list of folks because I need stuff done, and uh, I appreciate the Google. <laughs> I really do. Uh, but it's it's nice to be able to call somebody and like, can you? Can you, can you, can you to call somebody? Uh, but I'm interested in the raised garden because I, 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 I'm going to start a garden over at uh, Sophie's house around the street on Butler. And I need a raised, uh, I need a raised garden because I, I don't want to get down on the ground. Plus, I don't want to put anything. I want to get fresh dirt. So I want to raise bed with new fresh dirt, not the dirt that's in the yard. because. I don't trust it. <laughs> I need fresh dirt. So, uh, so yeah, at some point I got to get over there and, and and start that garden. But I figure I have time because uh, I, I want to try my hand at some tomatoes. I know I could grow eggplants because I've grown eggplants with my son. And I know I could grow a couple of other things. But I want to, I always wanted to try my hand at heirloom tomatoes. Because my tomato plants just always never seem to take. So I don't know what I'm doing. So, so I'm going to try again. Grow some other things. See what happens. <laughs> Not a lot of things. I learned that with my son when he was at Common Ground. You know, we had a garden. We filled it with so many things. I was like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. So we got to gotta, uh, gotta just be a little more... Uh, thoughtful about how you put things together and that's the idea so a garden here we come we want a garden i want a garden so anyway thanks paul i'm telling you we should compile our own we should have our own list you know how like angie's list we should have our own love babs love talk list of artisans and craftsmen uh because there's quite a bit of them out there working it's impressive who knew you know, uh, and 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 they have steady customers. I mean, so much so that they've been able to support, raise and support families uh, on the strength of uh, uh, word of mouth and just community. So, you know, but I like that very much. Anyway, uh, it is Thursday. One more day and uh, then it'll be the weekend. The weekend, the weekend, the weekend, the weekend. It 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 just feels surreal. Last week, this time I was in on a whole other continent in a whole other country, uh, and it was uh, wonderful. And uh, you know, I'd have good breakfast, <laughs> good breakfast, and sometimes good lunch, and often good dinner. So, yeah, uh, not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. 
So anyway, whew, I don't know what's happening. Uh, I will be away for story week. I know I just got back, but I'll be away for story week uh, for a week. And I'm looking forward to it because it's always good to be in community. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Juanita Sunday has a six dimension call for artists. So she's got a call out because, uh, you know, she's doing uh, she's got a call calling all black artists in the global diaspora. Six Dimension is open for submission. The festival will have multiple exhibition sites between Hamden and New Haven, including public art installation. An artist will be considered for all opportunities. So uh, exploring black futures across time and space, special topics to consider, black hair, black Panther party revolution, hip hop, fashion, alternate dimensions, all mediums, including writing and poetry, interest, insight-specific installation work, and performance art. Any location and shipping may be reimbursed. So they have a website, Sixth Dimension, the number six, thdimension.net slash artist hyphen application. Or you could email for inquiries afrofuture at sixdimension.net. So uh, I went to see it at Connecticut College uh, the, the early part of the spring, and it was something. It really was something. And uh, I think the bench is going to make its way into the exhibit too. I think that's my thinking, uh, to have the bench. Because, you know, I still believe that love is the only true revolution. And if we don't have love as the foundation for anything, there is no future. There is no future, Afro or otherwise. <laughs> so for me, love is the the, the original and only true revolution. Uh, because everything else is just cannot exist. So, um, so yeah, so the bench will make its way. Uh, into the exhibit, I believe. Uh, so, so follow, follow them, follow her on uh, all the social media. And uh, if you're an artist and you are interested in creating for futurism, then this is this is the ex exhibition for you. Seriously, it's the exhibition for you. So get into it. <laughs> Bring yourself to it. Uh, and Juanita Sunday is a very talented, a very talented uh, uh, curator of art, and uh, and she is making her community here and uh, doing a wonderful job at the Arts and Ideas International Festival of Arts and Ideas uh, as a producer. So, and I, I've worked with her on a couple of projects already, and I just adore her. So. So yeah, I'm working on the homecoming thing. I worked on some stuff last year for the Arts and Ideas Festival. I'm so delighted to be working on it this year. So, you know, it's just been a, a sheer joy. So, so yeah. So the summer is uh is is upon us. Uh all the graduations are happening. Uh so early congratulations, just congratulations to all those who are walking across stages. Uh, I graduated college on uh, Mother's Day. That was the first time 
And the only time my mother ever came to my college, um, because my mother, we have, there was four kids and she just couldn't come. So my uncle Lonnie would drive me to North Carolina every year and just drop me off. <laughs> and I'd have to figure out all the other parts of it. Uh, but my mother came to my graduation uh, and it was on Mother's Day. Uh, I have a picture somewhere of she and I for graduation. That's the only picture I had with my mother uh, for graduation. And I think that's the only picture I have with me and my mother uh, is my graduation. So, uh, and I was so glad to see it because when we were making our, we were making our walk across ca campus, they were just arriving. My sister, my aunt, my uncle, my mother, and uh, I don't know whoever hell else was came to graduation. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so it it would be a uh, oh god, uh, I would have been out of college. Let me let me do the math on this. Uh, I think that was like nineteen eighty. I graduated. I came out of college in eighty four, but I actually graduated in eighty five. So uh, that was 38 years ago. So 40 years ago, 38 years ago, 38 years ago, Sunday, I've been out of college. Right? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> it, it just feels like yesterday. <laughs> it feels like yesterday. Yeah, 38 years ago. So, wow. I've been out of high school 40 years. So, yeah, a little more than 40 years. So, jeez. <laughs> that's, that's a whole lifetime ago. But I, I, I can see myself in my cap and gown marching across campus, uh, making our way to the gym. So that we could hear Reverend Calvin Butt speak uh, at our commencement. Wow! And uh, neither neither my neither my my mother or my uncle Lonnie are around, are alive, and it's a uh, it's a little heartbreaking not to have them, you know. Here, I I always thought that my uncle Lonnie would just live forever, you know. Because we're not that far apart in age, you know. We, I think we're like 16 years apart or something. 16, 17 years apart. It's not 20 years. I think it's like 16 years, 16, 17 years apart. So, so I had always thought that he would just always be around, you know. And uh, so it's a little, it's a little unnerving that he isn't. You know, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, just the season of graduations, commencements, and uh, weddings, and birthdays, and I mean, it's just this. It's just a time of great celebration. And uh, high five to Zoe Crane. I watched her fashion show yesterday evening uh, at Pratt in New York and Brooklyn. Um, and her 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 final pieces are senior pieces. Uh, so she is graduating 
now. And uh, I will see her in a week or so in Guilford at her grandmother's house uh, where they'll be celebrating her graduation. So, yeah. Wow. Time. Time flies. When I met her, she was just, her parents was just taking her to Pratt. Like they were just taking her, you know, and they were like trying, they were, you know, stressing out about housing. <laughs> where are they going to put her? Where is she going to be? <laughs> and now, here she is four years later. She's graduating and found housing and a job and all the, all, all the things that we, you know, want our kids to have. She made it through. So all the, you know, all the worry was just, you know, just in those moments. She's come a long way. So uh, anyway, how about that? How about that? How about that? Uh, anyway, uh, so much good things going on. So much. In the face of so much other things, uh, I uh, I got news of uh, one of the, our blogger, one of the folks that that was in our blogger world, um, passed away, and uh, it was quite stunning to uh, to to a lot of us. Uh, she had death by suicide, and you know she was very. Uh, She's very intentional about uh, the way she um, lived out loud and blogged about her life and her struggles with uh, depression and alcoholism and all the things. And uh, and that was in 2007. So this has been a long-standing struggle. And then for it to come to... Uh, To this end, uh, it was uh, challenging to get that news. So, listen, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on, a lot, and uh, we can't take take one bit of it for granted. Not one bit. Not one bit, because you just don't know what people you know, we're going through. You just don't know. Uh, and so she leaves behind two children and uh, and a boyfriend and family members and and all of that. So um, so if you know who I'm talking about, you know, pay your respects online and, uh, you know, rest in peace. Rest in peace. That's <sighs> a lot. That's a lot to take in. But here we are. Uh, here we are. Here we are. So um, here we are. So I, I'm doing my level best to, uh, you know, my my comment was, you know, uh, it, it is one of those days that gut punches you. The weight of grief is the price of being alive. The living corrects the story. The living carry the torch. 
the living praise, the prayers. We live to carry the life forward. In this moment of great grief, it is good to see you and hear your voice, the brightest for us right now. So, uh, and that's the truth. That is the truth. So, anyway, anyway, um, if you want to see the Marrakesh pictures, folks are posting them up. Markeisha has pictures. Uh, Ife has pictures. Dory Dumas has pictures. Um, Karima Meekins has uh, Meekins has pictures. I might have some pictures. There's pictures. There's all kinds of pictures up. So if you wanna you wanna see what's happening, there's pictures. <laughs> there are pictures. So uh, and 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 they are gorgeous, 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 gorgeous pictures. And they're vibrant. Oh, the vibrancy. Marrakesh is very vibrant. Even though it's in the desert, it is uh it is it is so full of color. Color, 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 color. So full of color. So, so if you wanna if you wanna uh if you wanna see how beautiful it can be, just go to the Instagram feed or the Facebook feed. Check it out. A lot of color. Lots and lots of color. So, oh, so I'm watching Santos press conference yesterday. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what to make of him. He's a funny guy. Although he commanded the press well, I must, I must say. I'm not even going to talk about CNN and their foolishness with giving Donald Trump a platform. CNN, y'all are trash. Absolute trash for that. And you know it. Y'all are like, y'all are like, I mean, you're the same as Fox News as far as I'm concerned. I mean, even Fox News didn't do that. <laughs> but Santos, and I know McCarthy has got to be like, I need this guy for as long as I can have him because I'm going to lose my majority seat. I'm going to lose my ability to move an agenda. Because you you if because if you keep senators keep dropping, you're not going to be able to do anything. Which I I could care less because I want to see you fail. You've already failed the American people, so I, failing further is not going to what <laughs> you you've already done harm. So you know this might this might shut you down further. Uh, but Santos, he was he was dealing with the press though. I listen, he'd go far for a lie. I will tell you that he is going very very far with this lie. <laughs> I, I don't know what to. I don't, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> and you know, technically, really, really, not even technically, really, he does not have to resign. He can stay in that space until he's convicted. And and that could take some time. Will he get reelected now? That's a horse of another color. 
I I don't think his constituency, they might have to mount a, a campaign. Who knows? We've seen stranger things in politics. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they like him enough that they would reelect him. I can't imagine it. Uh, but but then I couldn't imagine Donald Trump being president. And I certainly couldn't imagine him being the nominee yet again. But he's the front runner. And and DeSantis can't win, right? Because he don't he don't got the same gall that uh Trump does. He doesn't. He might dance around like he might. And he might do some da- disastrous things for for Florida legislatively, but he does not have that down low. He doesn't have it. Donald Trump is low down, low down, low down. I don't think DeSantis is low down. I, I don't think you can have a Yale education and be low down. I think some of that is going to be like, some of that is a stopgap. <laughs> some of that education is like, yeah, you know, I, I can't really go that low. You know, I think I think DeSantis still thinks he has a modicum of of integrity. And uh and who knows? I mean, Horton here's a who. <laughs> you know, even I mean, even the Grinch had a heart. <laughs> Donald Trump does not. He does not. He is like, he's not even close. He's not even the Grinch. Like the Grinch had a heart. Donald Trump is a purity opportunist and a huckster, right? And a shaman, you know. No, not a, I mean, not a shaman, a charlatan. A charlatan. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I Republican Party is imploding upon itself and, and they don't seem to care. They got one agenda, one agenda only. Is to just get back in power and ruin everything. <laughs> just ruin. And when people say both sides, that's such a false equivalency. It really is a false equivalency. You know, the Democrats don't behave that way and 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 have not behaved that way and, and don't have that playbook and, and has a body of work historically that has moved this country forward. The Republicans can't claim that. When what the Republicans can claim is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> That's about it. Anything else is just ridiculous, you know. Try I mean they may have one or two points in history where they might have been able to you know seem like they're humans, but for the most part Republicans have really been disastrous uh for the United States, you know. And 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 Democrats have, have you know, might not have been um, low down like Republicans, um, but has always sort of concerned themselves with the plight of the human condition in America and around the world. And the Republicans have never been those people. They're not those people. And uh, uh, I, I, and listen. You don't got to take my word for it. The proof is in the pudding. People can say whatever they want to say, but it, it's not what you say is what you do. And and what they have done is has been disastrous to the American public and 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 to the uh, uh and to the American way of life. They they've not been purveyors of that. They've not been uh good stewards of that. 
what they have been is greedy, low down, backstabbing, and trifling. That's just what it's been. So, un unfortunately. So, so for people to sort of still opine for Donald Trump, it gives me great, tells me a lot about who they are and what they don't know about America and 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 how uh dangerous they are that that's what that says to me you know that they they are not concerned about neighbor or kinmen they're not and if you could fall if you could be seduced by a charlatan like Donald Trump then that that's a that's a that's an uh, an integral weakness in you that you cannot see that and the history of him and his family in the ways that they have undermined and been uh deliberately uh obstructionist uh to black and brown people in this country uh and have no regard for them and any man that talks about women the way that this man talk and i don't i don't know any men man in my group who talk about women in that way be it the locker room or the pulpit i've not seen it now i'm not saying it doesn't exist it has not been my experience of the men that i know and spend time with they don't talk like that about women they don't hold those views about women they don't I, and i that alone makes him unfit to be a president. That alone makes him unfit. And 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 the fact that people will excuse that that kind of talk backed up by actions is uh quite telling about what what people will accept when it's for their own gain. You know, what they will accept when it's their own gain. How could you accept a man who clearly has no regard for women? He doesn't even have any regard for his own daughter, let alone the three wives he done ran roughshod over. But his own daughter, he has no regard for. How do you respect a man? How do you how do you follow him? How do you call that leadership? How do you? That's not leadership. You know, he's he's like, and and then he was tight with Epstein, and I mean that's how he met his third wife. Suspect. You know, you you we are all as good as the company that we keep. And you know how I know that? Because I just went halfway around the world with 24 people of 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 fine caliber and character. Um and 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 if 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 I could be judged by the company that I keep that I'm in good stead. If I could be judged by the company that I keep, I'm in good stead. And I, I told this to them. I said, listen, the only way I'm going to get into heaven is on the backs of y'all, <laughs> my friends. So I know something about friends and, and the caliber of friends that I have. And all of them, all of them, all of them, every last single one of them are people of great honor and respect and reverence and, and do good in the world. Every last single one of them are freedom fighters and do good in the world. 
I count myself blessed and lucky. I don't think Donald Trump can say that. He is he he is surrounded by other crooked, shady liars, takers, opportunists, and those kinds of people. So why why would we want that for our leader of our country? Why? That makes no sense. He's not even the best and brightest among us. Why would we want that? Why wouldn't we want the best and the brightest? You know, why, you know, we are we are going down a dangerous, dangerous path in terms of our standing in the world when all we are doing is spending our time with banning books and 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 condemning drag queens. Drag queens ain't walking into malls killing people. Drag queens are not walking into concert venues and shooting people. Drag queens are not walking in churches and killing people. Drag queens are not walking into grocery stores and killing people. Drag queens are not doing any of that. But you could ban drag queens. And I, last I heard, they're not carrying automatic weapons. They're carrying a good-ass lipstick <laughs> and some really nice apparel. <laughs> Drag queens are not the threat. <laughs> you know what is threat? Automatic weapons in the hands of people who don't need to have them. And, and we, you need a driver's license to drive a car. We don't. We want to give guns to anybody, 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 and everybody who'll take one, without any checks or balances. Have a gun. Here's a gun. Take a gun. Guns for you. Guns for us. Guns for all. We're willing to do that, but we want to ban drag queens. <laughs> and everybody's got to look at these cats and be like, drag queens. That's. That's the problem in America. <laughs> drag queens. That's the problem. If a drag queen threw herself into a crowd, she wouldn't kill people. <laughs> I don't get it. But but these Republicans are on this rant. They're on this rant. And 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 people are like nodding their heads, like, oh yeah, 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 drag queens are a problem. No. Oh, trans people are a problem. Trans people are a problem. I don't know about you. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I think I want to be something else. I think people understand themselves that when they feel some kind of way about who they are, or they feel trapped in a body that does not represent who they are, then they have every right to sort of. And, and honestly, I think young people do know what is in their best interest. I think young people do know when they feel what they feel about who they are. Then tr trans people are not our problem. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> trans people are not our problem. <laughs> not. <laughs> it's not trans people walking into grocery stores killing people. It's not trans people walking into malls killing people. It's not trans people walking into clubs killing people. It's just not trans people. It's not trans people doing it. It's just not. So uh, again, yet again, we are we are we are misdirecting and misguided on what is killing people in this country. It's not drag queens, it's not trans people. It's not. 
And the sooner that people sort of say that to their elected officials, the more that they could the, the, and 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 vote out these people who who do not have the best interest of America uh, wholly, uh, then they can uh, vote them out. And I need people to I need people to understand that and get on board with that. I do. I need people to get reeducated. God knows we need to be teaching civics. Stop banning books. Banning books is not the problem. Ain't nobody been killed by book. Nobody has been killed by a book. <laughs> you know what you know what invoke say? Free your mind and your ass will follow. That's what books do. Books open you up and free your mind. I don't understand why you don't get that. That's just, you know what that is? That's just power and control. That's just trying to control people. Because when you keep people, when you keep people stupid and small, you can control them. You could get them to buy into the foolishness that you're selling. You could get poor white people to think that they are on par with rich white people. <laughs> Somebody knocking them doors on poor folks' white doors and said, <laughs> false equivalency. You just white, but you're not, you're not white. <laughs> you just white, but you're not white. <laughs> Somebody knocking the doors and tell them that. Listen, you white, but you're not white. <laughs> Stop doing the work of white supremacy when white supremacy ain't ain't dealing with you. I said it. I said it. We just misguided and misdirected. And Donald Trump is not a leader. He's never been a leader. What he is is a loudmouth and a bully and 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 dangerous and a rapist. You know, that that's just what it is. And the fact that people are willing to accept. It says a lot about the people who are willing to accept him as their leader. You know, it says a lot about people and their character. The company you keep tells you who you are. Honest to God. Ask me how I know. I just got back from a trip with 24 people who I think are amazing. So I'll be back. I'll be back with uh, the New Haven Symphony Orchestra folks, Alistair Neal and uh, Quinn Mason, to talk about... Uh, the, the upcoming concert uh, Friday of uh, Hagen and Price and Bonds. So I'll be back. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Hidden in strange times, I'll find my strength. Even when down I'm standing Do you love me? Don't belong Sometimes I wish I was born Crying tears Bare me to mention
me going in circles. Lord Winslow, I ain't gonna be your Urkel. But I can't find the strength I need to let you know. Damn, I really need to let you go. I'm tired of being your April fool. We get back together, then you do me like you do. And I ain't used to feeling like this. I'm supposed to Welcome back to Love, Babs, Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. Good morning. I'm delighted. Hey, Alistair. Hey, Quinn hey, Mason. Unmute yourselves. How are y'all yeah. doing? I'm, I'm doing great. How about you, Quinn? <laughs> Good listen, morning to, to your boats. It's spring, oh, hey. and, and New Haven is bustling with music. And I'm enjoying this whole Hagen Price Bond love affair that y'all have created within New Haven. Well, thank you. Thank you, Babs. It's, this is a very special concert that we have coming up this week, you know, celebrating Black voices on um, past and present. And, uh, and these three historical figures, Margaret Barnes, Helen Hagen, and Florence Price, of course, comprise three quarters of the, of the pieces on the program. And, and I'm so thrilled to have Quinn Mason to round out the quartet very much alive and well and, uh, and thrilled to be <laughs> playing his music for the first time here with the symphony. I'm glad. Welcome, Quinn. Uh, your your piece is called Joyous Trilogy. Yes, that is correct. And I'm I would imagine, I'm guessing, but correct me, that it has something to do with these three women. Well, I mean, you could you could easily connect it back to it, but really it's a piece that is supposed to be the very embodiment of cheerfulness and uh happiness. And really I wrote it to put um to design uh to sorry to put any listener in a good mood and actually it's a really cool thing that it actually <laughs> follows one of the joyous pieces on the program the florence price piano concerto serious at first but very ends very much joyously yes so alistair I, everywhere i go i'm i'm looking everywhere symphonies across this country are discovering florence price like she she is enjoying like James Brown's status right now. <laughs> like her music is like I, everywhere I go. And because I follow a lot of sym symphonies across the country and everywhere I'm looking, everybody's playing some of her music. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's, um, how can I put it, be better late than never. Um, it's, a, it's a long overdue um, arrival on the scene and uh, I, I'm just happy to see that we're we're part of this uh, renaissance um, and renewed interest in in her music. Uh, you know, you see the, the for instance the Philadelphia Orchestra with Yannick Nézé-Séguin, the music director, recording for a major label like uh, Deutsche Grammophon, her first and third symphonies, um, the Grammy that just came for um, uh, for Michel's can Michel's Michel can's recording of works including the piano concerto. Um, it's about time. Yeah. It's about time. So I, I love the fact that you have these three women, these three Black women composers that have a distinctive, unique relationship to New Haven, right? Like it's they are New Haven people, like they are rooted in the New Haven history. Well, certainly uh, Helen uh, uh, Hagen was, as the first, to our knowledge, the first known Black woman graduate from Yale University. 
and the link that um, it appears that she performed this very piano concerto with the New Haven Symphony in 1912. Wow. There's also a wonderful, which we can talk about in a second, but there's also the great link between Margaret Barnes and Florence Price because um, Margaret Barnes studied uh, with Florence Price. And so there's that, the total link between the two of them as well. So there's just a nice confluence of circumstances surrounding this, this music. Mm. So, so Quinn, as a, as a young, young composer, you know, cause I, I don't think we think of composers as being as young as you are of this kind of music. Um, so what, what does that, what does that make you think about as you are creating music? Do you, do you concern yourself with your, your age and, and where you fit in with the rest of, you know, historical figures? Do you think about that kind of juxtaposition? You know, it's quite fascinating. Um, when people read my bio, they don't believe that I'm as old as I say it, as it says on the program. I'm, I'm 27 years old, but most of the stuff on my resume makes it look like I've been doing it for 40 years. <laughs> and whenever I visit an orchestra or whenever I conduct and stand in front of people that are older than me, it really that whole age thing just goes out the window because um, it's it, it's really my goal that I let my music speak for myself and that, uh, that I put the best possible pr- uh, product out there so that uh, people don't concern themselves with that because really I, I, I don't even though I'm very young, I don't really like people to think of me in terms of like age, but just like, is the music good or not is my concern. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Also, when you were pulling this together and you're thinking about what music should go with what music from these three women. And, and then I heard uh, Quinn talk about his piece is very deliberately joyous. Was, was joyous. The, the thought was at the beginning of, of what you pull together to make this whole concert work? You know, that's such a good question. I wish I could remember the answer of just how, <laughs> what led what to, to make it all together. I, I, I will say I'm very, very happy with the, the overall tone and message of the program. Um, certainly Quinn's piece was something that when I, when I came across it for the first time, it, it made me think this is a piece that I can end the season with. It's not just, you know, this isn't just another normal concert of New Haven Symphony. This is the end of the season. So there's a sort of pride of place um, at the, what, what, you, what you want to say at the beginning of a year and at the end of the year. And I thought it would make uh, a, a really nice set of bookends. As you remember, we started the season with Joel Thompson's To Awaken the Sleeper. Yeah. And then to celebrate the end of the season with Quinn's piece. And I, I will say, by the way, parenthetically, that I had a fantastic lunch a couple of days ago with Quinn and Joel, who was in town. And the I two saw the picture. Them, <laughs> yeah, you saw the picture. And so this was a meeting of the minds. I could, was actually there where Joel and Quinn met for the first time. And that was so, so special. Wasn't it, Quinn? <laughs> oh, it was a great time. Yeah, I got to hear Alistair speak French and... <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> so where did y'all where did y'all go? Were y'all in New Haven? Where were you? We were, we were at the Choupette, the the crepe uh, place on Whitney, which is owned by a a French guy from Paris. And so I I I'm shameless in just just trying to um, uh, practice my French whenever I'm there and just have a few words with him, which is fun. <laughs> so so what was the conversation like between y'all? Were you talking music? Were you talking? What were you talking? Yeah, for the most part, Alistair, would you say? 
Yeah, I think we I think yeah. we 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 discovered yet again, as if any further proof were needed, what an incredibly small world it was, and that each of the three of us brought different connections and, and friendships and, and uh, collegial relationships, and we had those in common. Mm-hmm. I, I I will tell you, I have been quite moved by the way that you all have built the New Haven Symphony Orchestra has built a. Uh, a real bridge to community, particularly with these three women composers over the last few days. I mean, you you started with something on May 2nd and then it moved to Bloom and then it moved to Dixwell Congregate. Like you, you've really made a community, you really made this a community effort. Like you really put this squarely in the community's uh, front yard to sort of hear this music and and embrace this music was how intentional. I'm sure it was intentional, but but I, I don't know. I've never seen that done before. Well, all, all credit to the um, to the staff and the administration of the orchestra for spearheading those efforts. That's that's squarely uh, in uh, on their shoulders, and and I'm so grateful to to Elaine and Katie and and Caitlin and uh, all of the people that that have reached out um, uh, beyond the the walls of our um, of our offices to to make this uh, celebration in the community at large. Mm. So I'm very grateful to them for doing that. So so uh, I, I'm excited about I'm excited about this concert, but I and and we'll come back to talking about these three extraordinary women. But then you've got June coming up with the arts and ideas, and you've got the the uh, the uh, incomparable Angelique Kijo singing with the orchestra, which it's just mind blowing. <laughs> what what's that like? <laughs> well, I'll tell you on June tenth. But I, I, I think it's going to be great. And I should also note that uh, we'll also be uh, featuring uh, a Joyce trilogy again on that program as the first piece. So Quinn may or may not. He's he's a busy busy person these days, aren't you, Quinn? But you might be able to possibly come down and 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 be on hand for that, and we'll have an even bigger audience. I, I would imagine since we're on the green. Mm. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be in Hartford at that time. Uh, currently, I'm artist in residence with the Hartford Symphony, so okay. it's it's not betrayal me being over here this week. But um, <laughs> we're yeah. all family. It's all family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm definitely uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna try to get over here for that. Mm-hmm. So, so Allison, when you when you're building this this piece with with uh, these three magnificent women, do you do you call up Quinn and say, "Listen, <laughs> like, how does that how does that relationship work?" And 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 because I, I I would imagine Allison, you could pick anybody to sort of add to this to this trio, but you called him. What was it about him and his music and style of composing that you just thought, "All right, this I like this." Well, as as Quinn was saying just a minute or two ago, the, the most important thing is how is the music itself? And and in, in this piece that Quinn's written, it's just the as he says, it's the perfect embodiment of joy and sunniness. And I I wanted that to be the the last sound that we're ringing the audience's ears from the end of our classic season. Um, and so it's tailor made for that. I don't know if Quinn, you were saying that actually it's not. Mostly, it's done as an opener, right? But this is one of the first times you're seeing the piece done as a closer. I hope you, I hope you think it works. I think it feels like it does. Oh, it ends with a bang! I think it's perfect as a closer. Closer. Mm. And uh, and so, go ahead, Alistair. No, no, please, please, Beth. Uh, so, 
um, I, I love this idea of joy because there's so much heartbreak, right, around the world, in this country, in community. I mean, we are up to 199 mass shootings in this country and more to come, I'm certain. And and it's hard, we're hard pressed to find some joy in in things. So how important is it to to deliberately say we're gonna we're gonna be joyful? Either one of you could talk. Quinn, go for it. Um well, you know, it's it's quite interesting as a composer, especially you know, writing music now in this time, what uh figuring out what I want to write about and what I want to communicate to different audiences, different orchestras, because I mostly specialize in writing for the orchestra. And so a joyous trilogy is now about three years old. It was actually premiered in February of 2020, right before the pandemic. But I find that a lot of orchestras are playing it nowadays on these programs where we're celebrating almost, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic and we're starting to go towards hopefully better times and things like that. But, you know, during the pandemic, I was writing all of this kind of introspective, almost depressing music. And to hear and see Joyous Trilogy being done in so many different places and and bringing joy to so many different orchestras conductors um audience members uh it really it really does me proud mm, mm. so so Alison, when we when we when we think about these three amazing women um who were composing at at, at i imagine had to be a most difficult time um in in this country and they still managed to create this beautiful work how do you how do you what what do you want us to know about when we listen to this music how the context of time and place and framework how should we be thinking about that well i think you put your finger on it that it's it's really important to understand this in a historical context um let's talk about helen hagen for a minute she wrote this piano concerto from like i believe she was 19 years old um, which is wow. astonishingly young to be able to deal with uh, a complex form. Now, as we know, the, unfortunately, the only movement that survived uh, of the three original three movements is the first movement, um, but it can stand on its own because it has a progression that ends big triumphant ending as, as if it were actually the ending of a whole concerto, um, the, although there were two movements that would have originally followed it. But all of this was taking place when she was um, quietly blazing a trail at Yale University um, as a very young woman, and then she would go on to uh, to move to Paris and then to uh, serve during the First World War, entertaining the troops. Um, it's part of a, a larger life story, but it's it was at the beginning. Um, so it's important to realize that the kind of um, in all on the behalf of all three women uh, that we are talking about here, that this must have taken a tremendous amount of perseverance and quiet self-confidence because all the signs were pointing against them. People saying, no, you can't or shouldn't be doing this. And their act of, it's almost a, an act of, I don't want to say defiance, but of just of, of, of proving things wrong. It's like, no, I have a voice. I am going to express it. And it's just, it's great to be able to bring those thoughts alive the way that they should be. These pieces are never written, um, they're never intended to be sitting on in pieces of paper in libraries. 
um, they're intended to be brought to life. And then so bringing these women's voices to life is, is a real honor. And I think that's the message I'd like people to take away with them. Uh, they, these are women that strove and persevered against considerable odds to practice their craft and to um, make their voice heard. And we're just helping it out. Mm. So, so Quinn, when you are composing music, I mean, uh, these three very black women uh, at, at in the early 1900s trying to write this, doing doing this work, and here you are, this young man in this millennium. Um, uh, do you do you see some similarities? Do you feel some of some of the 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 race pressures that maybe they? Not that you could experience what they experienced, but do you feel some of the remnants of that? Do you, because classical music is still very much white. It's yeah, white. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have to say that things are taking a, a a dramatic turn for the better, and it's surprising that it's actually quite recent that things are taking quite a turn for the better. I would have to say in the last five years, we're starting to see more uh minority composers underrepresented i should say on the programs and you know like florence price renaissance began a little over five to six years ago and now we're starting to see her everywhere but you know thanks to the perseverance of those three uh fabulous women composers and other composers like uh william dawson who you know new haven symphony played their his negro folk symphony a few weeks ago i think and also the amazing william grant still who uh, is, you know, known as the Dean of African-American composers, you know, they also blaze the trail to make room for composers like myself in the 21st century to be able to find a place in the concert hall. And now, you know, um, as I'm beginning to uh, build my career, I'm still at the beginning. I know I've done all this stuff, but I'm still on the way up. Uh, I find it um, that I feel that, it's the time to build on the lineage they have left for us, I would have to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what inspires you, Quinn, uh, when you compose? Like, wh- where do you take your inspiration from? All sorts of sources. I mean, uh, I like to read a lot. So sometimes I find my uh, inspiration in like literature, uh, like poetry and things like that, sometimes novels. But I also like to uh, write about things that I uh, think deeply about. Sometimes I think that I spend too much time thinking deeply about things. And so I've written pieces about time travel. I've written pieces about human emotion. I've written pieces about uh, renewal and rebirth and things like that. And it's, it's stuff that, you know, I is near and dear to me. And I find that whenever I write it and then orchestras play it, it connects to uh, different audiences and and finds, um, it really speaks to the human soul I've found. Um, Because, so, you know, my my thing is, if it speaks to me, hopefully it finds a way to speak to someone else. Mm. So, Alison, when you hear a young composer, contemporary, I I don't, I don't, maybe not contemporary, but when you, when you hear, when you hear a young composer talk about, you know, the inspiration of music, um, what, what does that do for you? Because as a, as a music director, you, you want to, as young people say, you want to put them on and you got to balance it with the Beethovens and the, and the, and the, you know, the, the other greats of the, back in the day of the day, you have to balance that out because you have an audience that might not know a Quinn yet. 
but they know Beethoven and they know Chopin and they know, you know, they know all of that and they love that stuff. How do you, how do you balance that? Well, uh, it's like creating a menu. You want to, uh, uh, at a restaurant to have a, a, a variety of tastes, a variety of styles. Um, I think the minute you, you hear the first five seconds of Quinn's piece and it will make you sit up and start to put a long smile on your face. Um, and just hearing Quinn talk about what his artistic uh, priorities are and everything just makes me very, very happy to see um, somebody that, uh, that thinks very deeply and creatively, but also his, uh, his mode of expression is so genuine and direct and has a sort of a, a direct line to what I think audiences love to listen for without in any way pandering or, or making it, um, I don't know, uh, artificially palatable. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's works so beautifully from, from every point of view. Uh, he's uh, incredibly connected to the way an orchestra sounds and how to, how to make the orchestra sound absolutely at its best. Uh, I mean, Quinn, you, you know, I talked a little bit about, you know, when we were sitting out after lunch the other day, and every question that I asked you about the score is like, well, it's pretty much already there. You were just confirming. So you have this uncanny ability to, to know exactly how it, what you hear in your mind is reflected exactly on the paper. And um, um, I, I, it makes, you know what, Babs, it makes my job a lot easier because I just have to say to the orchestra, just do what he says and it will come out exactly the, the way it should. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love it. So, Alison, you you're winding down your 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 commitment to the New Haven Symphony Orchestra and to New Haven. What 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 are your thoughts? What are you looking forward to do? How do you how do you want to go out? What do you what do you can you give us a sneak peek of what you're planning for your for your last seasons? And- My last season, which actually will have me on the podium more than the current season. I want to make sure that that people understand. I'm not quite. I'm not quite done yet. I'll be conducting all through the fall next season and then also two more concerts in the spring. We're not quite, um, uh, 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 we are just on the cusp of announcing the season, but I can tell you, uh, and Quinn, you can talk a little bit more about this, that on my last concert uh, a year from now, we'll be featuring a brand new piano concerto that Quinn has written and for which the New Haven Symphony is a co-commissioner. Wow. So that's really exciting. That's be on my very last concert as music director. Quinn, you want to say a little bit about that? Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it hasn't even been announced yet. But yeah, it's actually right. we're a collaboration with the uh, the renowned pianist Laura Downs, and uh, several U.S. orchestras are co- uh, co-commissioning it. Um, we're doing a reading of it this summer with the at the Brevard Music Center, where I was a student in 2018. So I'll be coming back and doing that. But yeah, so I didn't even know you were conducting that, Alistair. That's great. <laughs> I, I was wondering when I was going to work with you again. There you go. We've already got a date. There you go. There you go. Mark it in your calendar. So, um, uh, and there's there's one other person that's part of this concert on Friday. Uh, M- Michelle Can. She's doing a piano solo. Tell me a little bit about her, Alistair and Quinn. I I don't know her. Oh, well, she's, she's fantastic. Uh, she's on the faculty at the Curtis Institute. Uh, she's a distinguished pianist, uh, um, a great deal of flair. This is the first time that she and I are working together, but uh, Quinn, you've, uh, you've uh, come across her before, is that right? 
Oh, funny story about that. So the last time I met Michelle Ken was last season. Um, and it was at the South Bend Symphony Orchestra. She was she's doing the Florence Price Piano Concerto on this concert. Last time I saw her, she did the Florence Price Piano Concerto on that concert with my joyous trilogy being played. And oh. the conductor's name there is also also Alistair, but it's <laughs> Alistair Willis. So different Alistair, same piece. I'm a little confused by this even, and I'm not quite sure what to think about it, but when these coincidences happen, so somehow or other, these two pieces seem to be, I don't know if they're joined to the hip, but they certainly make a perfect complement to one another, and that's that's the second half of the program. <laughs> I, I love it. So the concert is Friday night, Friday evening, Friday night uh, at the uh, at the Lyman. How's that relationship? How, how are you feeling working at the Lyman? How's that feel? We've been so grateful to SCSU for giving us our home this year, um, and and we've we've I'm really happy that we've been doing all of these um, ancillary events surrounding uh, surrounding the program. We're hoping that that we'll get a good contingent from SCSU coming to this 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 concert. Um, so yeah, been very very grateful to to the university for hosting us. Mm. And do, do you feel like people are tuning more into classical music than you've seen in, in years past? I mean, does it feel like it's like there's a new audience rediscovering classical music? Do you feel like that? Or or do you think uh, we're just we're at the beginning of re, of reconnecting people to this music? I that's a that's a gosh, I wish I had a definitive answer to that question. I think more of the latter. I think we're still emerging from uh, the pandemic. I think the ripple effect is is going on, and we're, I'm not quite sure how it ends or where it ends or if it ends. Uh, um, the landscape is, for me, is still very, very fluid, and there's just not enough hard data to know where people's lives are these days. I don't know. That's just my um, unsure perspective. Quinn, what, what what do you think? What has it looked from where you're standing? I think now that the, the pandemic, we're coming out of it, there's a I think the hunger for live music is even more intense than it was before the pandemic. I mean, we got people coming out to the concert hall now, um, slowly but surely. And now I'm starting to see sold out concerts again. But now it, it makes it, I, I would have to say, like, being without live music for so long makes makes people really appreciate what they have mm -hmm. and what they missed out on. You know, some people uh, just are just are just so happy that live music is back and not having to listen to and i'm not joking when i say this i mean i had several oh during the pandemic i had several world premieres over zoom it, it was <laughs> it was that the the hunger was that that intense but yeah. now that it's back people are well there's nothing like the experience and we're realizing that mm, mm. so so uh alistair i did go to all three concerts of of the folks who are looking to uh, be in the big chair that you occupy now at the New Haven Sym Symphony Orchestra. And I was quite impressed at the quality of the talent that showed up and showed out uh, presenting their, their talents to us. And uh, I, I, I don't know if you get to see any of that or hear about any of that, but you would be quite proud of the folks that showed up. Well, that's great. I've, I've been I'm very careful to make sure that I'm in no way connected to the decision-making process. I don't want anybody to think that I have my thumb on the scale. Um, process is really important because that affects the outcome to whoever 
um, follows me in the position and I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to number one, stay out of the way until that decision is made. And then I'm, I will be available to my successor to, to help in any way that they may choose to ask for or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I haven't been around for any of that. Um, uh, for the reasons that I just mentioned. Well, it was a great show of talent. I will say that I've, I've been Wonderful. to all the concerts and it's, it's a, it's a tough choice. No one can follow you. I would, I will no, definitively that's not say that, <laughs> but we will, somebody will emerge <laughs> and, and, and there's a good, a good crop of talent. So people should be very pleased at the folks that showed up and, uh, and, uh, gave, gave, gave good, uh, gave their talents to us. That was amazing. So, so, so Quinn, when you think about your future, when you think about moving forward, I don't know how far in advance that you could think about your future, but what, what is it? What is the dream for you? The dream? Well, I have a lot of dreams. Um, and uh, um, there's some, I'm still, you know, working towards, um, including, um, working on my conducting. Um, it's quite interesting week I've had here in New Haven, including um, at a rehearsal, I think now two days ago, uh, Maestro Neil actually um, wanted to listen in the hall to my piece to see how it sounded. So he um, actually said, come conduct your piece with the New Haven Symphony. And the orchestra was fantastic. And they really, uh, yeah, they're no joke here. They really can play very, very well. So that was fun. But I'm looking on expanding on that skill um, quite a lot because I have some guests conducting next season. But this summer, actually, I'll be spending at the Eastern Music Festival. I'm going to be studying conducting with Gerard Swartz. Mm. Good. I'm still going to be composing, though. I mean, I have deadlines and stuff. So. <laughs> and I wanted, I wanted to say that I knew when I asked Quinn to conduct his piece, I was putting the orchestra in safe hands because I saw Quinn on YouTube conducts this very piece and I was uh, I was doubly blown away not just by the piece but uh, Quinn as a composer but also as a conductor he's not just a composer that happens to be able to conduct um, uh, and I'm really going to be following Quinn your your conducting career with great interest as well because I think that's that's as you were just saying that's that's something that's ahead of you and um, I'm, I'm really excited to see that the future for you in both of those regards as composer and conductor mm. Thank you. So, Elsa, have, have have you and your husband found a place to live yet? And, and... <laughs> yes, we have. That, we, that's uh, the news I really a... want to know. <laughs> now we're really now the really important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we found we found a great place in the center of Paris last month. And we'll Ooh, be, um, I love that. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, uh, not too far, reasonably close, about twelve minutes walk from the Opera House, and uh, to. It's a cool neighborhood, and and we've got this like old 1870 building that we're in, and um, but it does have an elevator, thank God. Um, oh, thank uh, God. Yeah, so it's all it's all good, and we're going to be sort of transitioning the move in some around the beginning of September. But I'll be coming back and forward regularly throughout the parts of the season next next year from Paris to New Haven. So wow. it's all good. Thank you for asking. Oh no, because listen, you know Paris is one of my favorite places. And uh, and and hopefully I'll pop when I pop over. I'd like to at least see you for cocktails or something. Absolutely, I, I think that there's a croissant with your name on it. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I and I know all the vegan patisseries. So they they got them there. Yeah, they, and they, Quinn, yeah. you too. You've got to you've got to get yourself over to Paris. I gotta get a passport first. 
Oh, come on, Quinn. Yeah, when you get I off know. this Zoom, you go get a pass. You go start that application process. I'm working on it. Because <laughs> we're going to be in Paris and you won't be. And we want you to be in Paris with us. No, so no. Let's make it happen. Go, we can all go to concerts and hear good music. So I, I so appreciate you, Alistair, for coming on. And I so appreciate meeting you, Quinn. I'm so looking forward to this concert tomorrow. Like, I am truly looking forward to it. Because I think this is such a, it's such a wonderful, uh, just it's just so good to see black women composers centered in this way. I can't tell you what that means, and I'm no musician, but I I am just grateful um, that these women are getting their due, um, um, and it's a long overdue due. So thank y'all. Nah, our so pleasure. Nice to see y'all. Thanks for having so, us. I will see Thanks you, Alistair, before you go. Lots and lots and lots of times. And, yes. Uh, and Quinn, I'm going to be following along with you because I am interested in your career too. So thank you. And maybe you'll come back when you are launching other things. So thank you all. Oh, so no much. doubt I'll be back. Yes, you will be back. Thank you all so much. I will see thank you tomorrow you. night. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye thank now. you. Thank Bye. you, New Haven Symphony Orchestra, for coordinating this whole conversation. I appreciate you all. And uh, I will see you all soon. Great. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Paul. Harry, thank you so much. I'll see you later, Harry, tomorrow. And uh, y'all be safe out there in these streets. And uh, go over to the NHSO.org and get your tickets for uh, tomorrow's concert. And don't forget Audra McDonald on Monday. Oh, my God. Don't miss that because you will be very, very sad. I'll see (laughs) y'all. Oh,